What's happening, party people? This is Damian L. Butler, and welcome to another episode of Tuesdays and Thursdays Leadership Sessions. On today's episode, we're going to dive back into the Remain Coachable series. On this episode, we're joined by Mr. Jeremy Audrey. He is the Director of Programs and Outreach for Nation United Foundation. The Nation United Foundation is a organization that is working to build diversity in the game of lacrosse, among other things in their players. We're going to dive into the conversation that we've been talking about. The quote, an uncoachable child becomes an unemployable adult. In this episode, it's kind of a, a reverse interview. Jeremy asked me a lot of questions. I asked him questions and we just had a really good conversation on the direction of leader development, the game of lacrosse, and life in general. It was a good time. We uh, dropped a lot of uh, a lot of good information, and I hope you enjoy uh, what we have coming. To find out more about Jeremy and Nation United, check them out at nationunited.org. Let's dive into conversation. Remain coachable with Jeremy Aldridge. Here we go. I said you've been doing this for a minute, right? Uh, the podcast. A little. I probably about uh, well, coming up on March will be February will be uh, three years. I, I did my did my first one in 2018, and between just working and, and coaching, I've kind of done you know five or six episodes here and there to uh, move on and keep it going. But I'm trying to trying to keep up and. Have some decent content out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot out there now. Right? Everybody wants to have conversations. Everybody's using Zoom. Um, there's a lot of a lot of noise, and and a lot of it is good good noise, good good content. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, reading and, and following uh, Blacks's blog and what um, okay. yeah. Andy Benson is doing. You know, yeah, I, I like yeah. I like the conversations. Well, I watched, uh, but the the content that they're putting out has been helpful, and I've learned a lot. And you know, just being, especially being on a girls' game, just watching the game as a whole. But Angie and you know, talking about you know just the the things that I just didn't know existed in the spread of the game and and trying to get people aware. So it is really it's really good to see. And then a lot of my my players are just socially conscious. So conscious, so they get in, they get into, you know, standing up for what's what's right, you know, not just for them, but you know, for the greater good. So, so it's it's been, uh, the the content has helped me learn quite a bit. It, it's helped me learn quite a bit to understand uh, the various challenges that people have, and then just that are in the game as a whole. I talked to another goalie who uh, plays here, at, uh, Detroit Mercy. And talking to her, find out that all the years she's been playing since the fifth grade. She's a, a redshirt junior, and mm-hmm. and as a this year is the first year she's ever had a black coach. I was like, wow, wow. that's that's different. And but now <laughs> watching stuff that Angie is talking about and just learning the game that way, I see that it, that's not necessarily unheard of. And then looking at me. No, I, I, you know, as a as a girls coach, 
There are men, there are men coaches up here, but I'm the only black coach in the league. Is that right? It's like, oh, when I went to the league meeting, I was like, I don't know. I wasn't surprised, but I was like, oh, I, I guess yeah. it is what it is. But it, it's I'm I'm learning about more about people. I mean, I'm I, I consider myself a people person, but you know, I, I'm continually learning to yeah. see how people react and for the most part. It's been a positive, uh, positive lesson. But how has how is your program? Um, how has it been impacted by COVID? Well, we lost our season last year, and we literally ended uh, tryouts. The uh, the Friday was the first parent meeting. The parent mm -hmm. meeting was canceled, and we were set to go back to school the original order came out schools are closed from you know monday the 16th march 16th to april 5th and i was mm -hmm. like cool we're gonna get we'll, we'll miss a couple of games but we'll get back in there middle of uh of march says like schools are closed for the rest of the year so yeah. then came the announcement all sports are over I was like what do you mean all sports are over so spring you know spring sports track everybody my daughter runs track she lost her season two. So yeah. we, we started doing the Zoom thing and, and checking in like once a week to see how everybody's doing. And that kind of went up and down. I had a, a small core of girls that were always there. And no matter what I did, they stuck with me. Like we watched game yeah. tape. I talked about this, I talked about that. You know, the whole, uh, you know, and everything came out and blew up with uh, George Floyd and uh, Maud Aubrey and uh, Breonna Taylor. We, we touched on that, but for the most part, yeah it wasn't something that they really dealt with being most of my team is white, which is probably obvious, but not necessarily, but most of my team is white, but we, we, we touched on it. And most of what they did, they, they expressed through Instagram. So, you know, we got to in, interact and see how, you know, how they're doing and what they had to say. So that was interesting. What was that like for you, man? I mean, was that, was it eye opening? Was, it, was there anything that you learned out about them you know i did i did I, I learned a lot you know with, with uh most of the, this was my first season with them so i knew some of the girls just through interactions in the gym but as far as who they were and, and how they how they operate in the world how they move around i didn't know but you know that they, they have a voice and they're not afraid to use it so I was like, I, I, and and they're using it for the for good. For you know, I, I as I look at you know most of my seniors, most of them, all but one, the loudest one, turns eighteen, like I think December first, and she couldn't be more upset about her birthday being in December this year than any other year. But she's a big, she's into politics and women's rights and you know feminism and this. So she's you know standing up for what she believes in and who she believes in yeah and most for the most part they, they're doing no not, not i can't say for the most part i haven't seen anybody putting anything out there that is offensive that is uh divisive so they they're doing they're doing the right thing and and supporting yeah. good causes and making sure people are, are treated right so I, I have a good group of players a good group of uh aspiring leaders so that was that was eye opening, and I yeah. small. I took five players to a, a summer tournament, and just 
you know, that time we were together, I learned a lot about him there. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was different. It was different. And then I had uh, one of the goalie came back and she hung out with our, our new goalie. And she's just talking about all the things that she's learning. And uh, she's like, oh, I really wish we had another year. I think what you're doing with the team is outstanding. We have a good group of girls. And they're, so they're all buying into everything. And the fact that we lost so much, they're just like, okay, we have to focus. And, and this is, we, we don't want to be the team of old. We want to make a change and do things that make a difference. And if it's just in the game of lacrosse, we want to start there. So I've learned quite a bit about the young ladies on my team over, you know, between, you know, social pandemic and health pandemic. Yeah, outstanding. It's awesome. Um, always looking for that silver lining because there's a lot that, um, you know, we can look at about what's going on now and just put our hands up. Right. You know, just being able to look at what's actually happening, not, you know, wishing something was different or, I mean, we, we have to deal with what is reality. And I think a lot of our teenagers, young adults, they have that elasticity and they also have the energy and a lot of them are using, and they have time and they have, um, uh, uh, access to social media and tools that we didn't have. Yeah, so, so I mean, we came from the same era. Um, the thing that I've enjoyed seeing is just the, the mixture and the variety of uh, messaging, right? There was, you know, one or two, maybe three groups that, that would speak out on behalf of uh, issues that Black folks and other minorities were dealing with. Now it seems like, and I mean, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of groups and organizations here in the U.S. and across the world who seemingly are speaking with one voice, and young people are leading that. I mean, they're 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 picking up on things that are this being the electric election season. You know, everybody mm -hmm. is, is choosing the side. I don't you know. I'm I'm a, I'm team Biden. I just I can't hide it. But we're looking at things from a just a leadership standpoint, integrity, and a, a, a leader of, of vision of results. And so, but and I like I, said, I I don't have I don't know if any of my players have come out publicly and said they're you know they're they're pro Trump. But I know players that have stood up to say. You know they they are they are anti-Trump. They may not be Team Biden, but they're anti-Trump, and they can't vote, so it really, you know, doesn't make a big deal. But they 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 understand what I call right from wrong. You know, they they know what leadership looks like. They know what they know what the leadership expectations are. You know, and it, it's it's huge. But they, I mean, I'm I'm just impressed by the way they use their voices and one of the big things that they they talk about is uh mental health and understanding the 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 power of mental health now i think is going to really help in the future and they have they understand uh coping mechanisms and and you know different tools mental tools they have to help them through the stresses that life brings so 
So how did that come about? Was that something you introduced to them or they brought it up and, and you guys just kind of carried it from there as a, as a, as a team? It just kind of came out over the, you know, over the, the summer, over the pandemic while we we're sitting down, they were just, you know, out there voicing their opinions and, well, not all of them just started. I mean, let me say that they, some of them were already involved in the stuff. I mean, the school is really good about having different clubs and organizations that support uh, mental health. They have like a, a wellness club and, you know, they're already tied into it. So they, they're encouraged in the classroom in the building outside of, uh, of lacrosse. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, I mean, they, I have a good group of, of leaders on my team. I mean, when it comes to pick captains, I'm, you know, they may, they, it may be a rotating thing. You know, it may not yeah. be, you, know, you may not be able to put you were a senior captain. You were a captain for these three games and somebody else a captain because it's just so much energy and, and, and positive direction that everybody needs an opportunity to shine. And, it's it's a lot of what's going on in the school building and a lot of just who they are as people and it's it's, it's a mm-hmm. it's a good mix and it's benefiting the team very well i mean I, I do my best to you know give them opportunities to lead and and you know bring up some things some uh topics i want them to pay attention to but it it, it was already there i just get to enhance it a little bit and and use the tools that were left that, that were given to me wow and is that something that you want to carry forward perhaps and coach at the collegiate level if you ever got got that opportunity is that something you would look I've, at i've thought about it but i was like just looking around it's like i gotta i really have to develop a uh, my resume for it because i'm mm-hmm. I, I can teach i'm good there but it's the i mean i, I people development is, is the big thing for me and it, it's really getting people in position to lead in the future not necessarily where you are now but in the future so if if the opportunity comes you know i'll i'll I'll, i'm not gonna run away from it but right now i'm just trying to build where i am now to keep this will be season two really season one but the relationships from season the first season are really uh was making a difference for us because last last november i mean we were in the gym uh thanksgiving yeah right around thanksgiving some like early November is when we started and we took that all the way through to March. And then when the season was canceled, everybody's like, Oh coach, I was looking forward to getting out there playing. So we, we were building relationships, having a good time, but yeah. Yeah. If, if whatever comes out of this, I mean, hopefully it, it, it's not going to come for a little while because I want to see what we can do and what we can build into the future. But so between the two programs, how many players do you, or between the two teams, how many players? 60. 60. That's good, man. That's dope. But it worked out well because yeah. I'm where I need to be. So our team building started in the gym and then it, it built something because I have seniors that are like, oh, I wish I could have played for you. I'm so sorry I didn't play for you. So it, it makes me feel good to know that the, the people development piece is there. So man, and the kids are talking about you know what happens next yeah 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 that's good you got a lot of support from the parents oh yeah i have a, a, a really good booster club really good booster club. Uh, it makes all the difference better oh so um now besides coaching the lacrosse team the women's lacrosse team is this the first team that you've ever 
coached or the first sport you've coached? No, I've, I've coached. I've, I've, it's, it's crazy when I say this, but I've been coaching for over 20 years. I, wow. I started when I was in in, uh, in the Air Force, I coached when I was in Korea. Okay. I coached football. I was an assistant coach in football. Then I coached you know, other youth programs. Then my first head coaching job was uh, girls basketball at a uh, at a public boarding school. But I had the opportunity. Yeah. I, I had the idea that I want I was going to coach football at the college level. So I was working at the University of Maryland. I walked in. I was I was doing working in air conditioning, uh, air conditioning and heating, which I, what I did in the Air Force. Came out yeah. went to the National Guard and continued doing it in the civilian world. So I had the idea. Let me go in here and talk to the football coach and tell him, "Hey, you need me on your staff." This is the University yeah. of Maryland. This is they just yeah, won yeah, the Orange yeah, Bowl. Yeah, gotcha. I you can't tell me I have you know you couldn't tell me I would yeah. have done that. <laughs> so I walk in. I talk to of course you gotta go through this that another get to the coach. I talked to a few people and the director of football operations came out and said, "Let me let me let me help you out. Here's what we need to do." And he was really nice about it. He was like, we can't have volunteer coaches because if we could, we'd get Joe Gibbs to come and volunteer with us. So here's the thing. Yeah. Go downstairs to strength and conditioning and see if they need some help. Okay. So I went down to strength and conditioning and they were like, you, really? Come on. Be here at five o'clock in the morning. We're going to get started. Okay, let's go. So I did it. Yeah. And I, I did that for about a year and a half. And I, I, I learned some things. Uh, I learned what to do. I learned some things not to do. And that, that helped me out. Then I left there and found another opportunity with the uh, girls basketball team. Then deploying again, I had to let that go. And then I just was yeah. doing stuff here and there. I've always been uh, into teaching and mentoring. So I was always involved yeah. doing that. And then one thing led to another started my my foundation and those those yeah. folks are 30 years old now so you know, i've been doing that for a little while so it's always been you know i've always been involved with coaching and, and youth sports and then when i was in illinois i uh coached a club team and we messed around and won the, the league championship and then i retired right. what part of illinois were you in um uh, I guess Chicago land is what they call it. I was out in uh, the Northwest suburbs, Arlington Heights. Okay. So I, was about, I was about 40 minutes outside the city. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Tried to get in with Owl lacrosse, but that didn't work out. I couldn't, I couldn't get back to the city enough to, to be uh, uh, of any value to the program. So it was just, yeah. it was a good idea, but it still worked out that I got to coach and, and work with the, a group of young men that I'm still in touch with, and they're starting. And see, the oldest group would be this is their sophomore year. Did college. you play lacrosse coming up? I didn't start playing until I was 30 years old. Okay, actually, yeah. old no, 30 was it 30? That's older than that. I I came back. I was when I was in Iraq. You know, deployed to Iraq mm -hmm. with the army. I read Nelson Mandela's book. And he said, the best way to make your enemy your friend is to learn his favorite sport and beat him at it. And I was like, okay. Wow. I, I didn't have any yeah. enemies. I don't, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot of enemies. I'm not that type of person. But I want yeah, but, you know, to make some new friends, learn a new sport. You know, and that was right. lacrosse. I've, you know, being in Maryland, I've always seen it. 
but where I grew up, of Maryland, uh, lacrosse is the the team sport of Maryland. But in Prince mm -hmm. George's County and uh, Charles County, the two blackest counties yeah. in the state, didn't have varsity didn't have lacrosse as a varsity sport in public schools. So it was football or basketball. And yeah, you you've seen me. I'm you know I'm I'm not NFL material. Yeah, 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 I got you. <laughs> just, you know, I was just moving around, playing pickup here and there. But when I when it was just time to do something different, lacrosse was it. I found a, a box league and I started playing and fell in love with it and been playing ever since. That's all right, man. That's all right. Well, good stuff, brother. Good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, good it's stuff. been a good journey. It's been a good journey. Yeah, it's a great sport, man. I mean, it, it's one of those sports where you know, once you pick it up, it's kind of hard to put it down. I know for my son and my and my daughter, both both of them started playing around the same time, but they started playing for very different reasons. My son started playing just because he's really competitive. He has a cousin who um, is a few years older. He has started playing. And so at that age, I think they were nine and ten, um, you know, he's kind of running in behind his, his older cousin. And so whatever his cousin did, he wanted to do it. And I remember the day that he started, we were at a tournament that my nephew was playing at. They had come up from Charleston, South Carolina, up to Charlotte. And my son spent the whole day, I mean, the entire day on the sideline. He, in fact, he ended up in the team picture <laughs> that day. Yeah, and we got the team picture at, at my uh, my mother-in-law's house down in Charleston. And so um, he, uh, they gave him a stick at the end of that day. And he slept with that stick a couple nights, but he did not. I, I mean, it was very seldom. I don't remember him really for like two months straight, man. Unless he was in school, I don't remember a time where he didn't have that stick in his hand. He was really good at football, led his team in scoring, and one of the better teams here in Charlotte. Um, but he didn't like the yelling um, and all that comes with football nowadays in some of the spaces that we're in. Just the, you know, just yelling for no reason or you know the seriousness of it at such a young young age, and so. When he found lacrosse, he fell in love with it. And he is the type of person, no matter what he's doing, he wants to be the best, right? He wanted, and he still wants to be the best. Even at Hofstra, um, there is some, you know, it's different now, obviously. He's paying, paying, you know, playing for a different reason. You know, he's getting that education. He's looking to play pro, or, or at least that's what his aspirations are. And so he works really hard. He just he believes in that. My daughter, she started playing because I was giving him more attention um, as his coach. And so she's like, look, that's what it takes to get some, some attention from dad. I'm playing lacrosse. You know, I think, so I, she, I think she told Angie that. I remember, I, I, I heard your daughter say that somewhere. I, I've never met her in person, but I, I've heard her speak. And I remember hearing that. Well, hey. Yeah, she may have, man, but yeah, she she um she started playing, and at one point she she wanted to stop playing 
just because, you know, for the five or six years that she played club, she was the only black girl on the team. And so, um, but like her brother, I mean, she's, you know, extremely competitive. And I think that was the, th the thing that kept her in the sport. It's just competing to be the best on the team, right? Um, but she continued to play up until her junior year, I think, or sophomore year in high school. And she came to me and she said, Dad, I, I want to, I'm thinking about quitting. I don't want to play anymore. And I remember the person I called was her club coach, Christy Boyles, who Christy Boyles was, she and Nikki Williams um, most recently were the, the two founding co-directors for our Nation United women's team. And Christy was Kim's coach uh, for a few years. It's crazy. We searched all over the country for directors and they ended up being right here in Charlotte for Nation United Women's, wow. um, which is, you know, uh, it, it was crazy. But the one thing that, that Christy asked Kim to do was, and, and I didn't think about it this way, but she was just really genuine and sincere. And the question that she asked her, she said, Kim, he said, can you do me a favor? He said, what coach? He said, can you wear the hat one more year? She's like, you know, I don't care what you do at the end of that year. You can take the hat off, throw it away, burn it, whatever. But can you wear the hat for one more year? Can you continue to play the sport for one more year? And maybe what you realize is that you're just going through a rough patch and you weren't feeling it temporarily. She's like, well, what I would hate for you to do is quit get on the other side of it and then regret that you quit that you didn't see it through right and so one thing led to you know another and of course obviously now she's playing in college last year was her freshman year she had a great great freshman year and so it just you know for her great means she met a lot of girls that she can really vibe with the team is great they had a great season um and she got better as a player, she was challenged um, and she she improved her skills. And so um, and so she had a, a pretty good academic year, but lacrosse wise, uh, she got better. If she had quit, she never would have met the people that she, you know, she has met that she's playing with now. She wouldn't be at Lindenwood um, playing. And um, I, I really do think that lacrosse, you know, in spite of the fact that for both of them, they were minorities in the space that they were in. Most of their club career, you know, they were one one of one or either one of two. Um, lacrosse has done a lot of really good things for our children. It has. It's the, the, the network. I don't, I don't want to use the word network. The community. No, it, we use it all the time. Use the word network. Well, <laughs> but it, it's 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 a it's a it's a good network. But the community of it is just you run into so many people. Their their connections is just you know one or two degrees of separation. I mean, it, yeah. Just being here in Detroit, you know, I I met uh, 
Well, not not even being here in Detroit. I living in Michigan. You know, I have uh, my one of my former commanders. His son played. He, he played for Nation, and I want. I keep trying to quote the year, but I always mess it up. Seventeen and eighteen. Uh, mm -hmm. Donovan Lacy, who's at State oh, yeah, Park Donovan. right now. Yeah, yeah. That's so, I mean, I've, I've known Donovan since I I, I I talked to him a couple of days ago. He actually came on to, to do the remain coachable uh, session with me. And I was like, I remember, you know, I remember watching you learn to play basketball when I was taller than you. I mean, Donovan's six three, six four now. So yeah, and yeah. he and his yeah. uh, his dad and I deployed together, and so we 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 oh wow friends. We were in Afghanistan together. So gotcha. in that time, and when I was in Afghanistan, I found out that my uh, my NCOIC, he played lacrosse. And for all the okay. years I'd known him before Afghanistan, I didn't know that. So yeah. being bored in Afghanistan, I bought two sticks. I bought a yeah. bunch of I bought a bunch of lacrosse stuff in, in Afghanistan and had it sent to Afghanistan. Why? I don't know, but I did. And then he would play yeah. with me. And then, you know. We get out there and, and, and Gene Lacey would come out and we toss the ball, chasing the ball around the parking lot, whatever. But watching him, you know, develop through playing for Nation United, you know, he introduced yeah. Gene Lacey introduced me to uh Dwayne Hicks. And okay, yeah. I got to talking to you know, Coach Hicks and we talked over the phone for probably a year and a half. And then recently he mm -hmm. just got uh he selected as the head coach for Detroit Mercy, right down the street. Yeah just text messaging and asking questions and him, you know, once I got into the girls game, I reached out to him and he kind of gave me some guidance and some, you know, some advice. Now one of his players is in the ninth grade at my school. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I got to make sure I don't ruin everything he worked for. So, and then I, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't meet him in person until recently. So I went to one of their practices. So no that whole, I mean, the network, the community, everything is just tied together. And I mean, if, if you want to get better, if you want to be good, if you want opportunities, they're available to you. Now, it's not, yeah. you, it may not be, you know, North Carolina, Syracuse, you know, you know Stony Brook, but there are opportunities yeah. to play at the next level and to, you know, progress. There's opportunities to get better. I mean, all that stuff exists in the space and you can get to the top players. I would, you know, I got the opportunity to to uh, to talk to Kyle, to meet Kyle Harrison, who is yeah. arguably the goat. You know, yeah, I yeah. met oh, who, yeah. who? I mean, who? I'm trying to think who who haven't I met in the lacrosse world that I want to meet? Jim Brown. I I was I didn't meet Jim Brown yet, but that's coming. Yeah, if that's I just wait, slow it I'll, I'll be in the right place, and and it'll happen. I mean, Chaz yeah. Woodson came on and spoke to my team. And that's what's up. When I started studying and playing the game, he was a guy's like, man, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to hang, you know, all the stuff he was doing. Yeah. But <laughs> that just the, the access to that. I mean, I've never, I've never uh, talked to a like Dwayne Wade, for example. Yeah, had though these are guys on that level of lacrosse as Dwayne Wade is in the NBA. Exactly. You don't have that kind of yeah. access. That's right. It's a matter That's of going right. in and talking and talking about a game that everybody loves. You know, yeah. I've, I've heard people say that, you know, they they like football, but it was just brutal. It was this. It was too much. It was, lacrosse is gives me enough of football, but it gives me so much more. And it's just yeah. the game. And it, it's just there's so much more to it than just playing the game.
It is. It is. And and I think if if players, even the the you know your traditional lax guy or lax girl, um, which this the sport we all we all know it's it's a whitewashed sport. Um, and more than that, it's a very it has been traditionally a very affluent sport. And some people will say, well, now nah, you know from. Long Island and, you know, we're blue collar. Well, if you live in Garden City in Long Island and you don't live in Hempstead, I mean, those are two very different worlds. So, you know, that's that's two different types of grit, right? right? There's still resources and affluence associated with your life experience that other black, brown, minority, and it just, it doesn't mean just because they're black and brown that they're without resources, but it does mean because they're black or brown that they, you know, they have a, an experience, a life experience that you have not had to, to necessarily deal with. Um, but lacrosse, as we're seeing today, I think can come out of this, you know, this period of social uh, unrest, this this period of uh, inequality uh, and challenge that we're dealing with. Lacrosse, I think, is positioned to come out as a leader when we talk about the overall community, right? And I say that because we look at the resources. Like you said, six degrees of separation. You think about the people that that have been drawn to the sport or leading in other sports in other areas of our country, right? There's some connectivity there. So, so there's influence in, in the space. But the way that the community, the lacrosse community, to your point, like basketball community, you know, kids can't just pick up the phone and called Dwayne Wade, right? And, you know, I mean, I'm, but I'm going to tell you this, just about every one of our kids within the Nation United Lacrosse uh, Club uh, Network, have they have received the invitation, an open invitation, to reach out to individuals like Kyle, like Chaz, like Miles, like Jewel. I mean, there, there's some, there, you know, and, and, and that matters, right? That matters. But most importantly, you have the opportunity, I think, now for uh, white players, and we're seeing this, to really stand up and say, yo, look, I acknowledge what has happened in this sport in our communities in the past. Like you were saying with your team members, um, however, I want to do something about what uh, what the future looks like, and I need your help. Educate me, yeah. right? And we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a, you know, and and even from our uh, adults in the sport, right? We're seeing a lot of that. And so I think our responsibility and the responsibility that our children uh, have, and, and and young men and women of color who are playing the sport, whether you're African American, Hispanic. Native American, uh, Asian, what have you, is to take them up on that request, right? 
take the time to educate. Get to know them in a way that you may not have gotten to know them um, before, because it's going to help two ways. If I look at Nation United, we're very intentional and deliberate, um, very intentional and deliberate about providing and creating an environment where the experience of everyone was transformative. So for white people, never been in an environment where they were the only one, right? Or they were the minority playing high level lacrosse. It was a transform or it has been and usually is a transformative experience for the child who's playing and also the parent who's on the sideline, right? Or the parent who's attending one of our impact events. Because at each of our events, we do three things. We have Community impact, parent impact, player impact sessions. Community impact just simply means, yeah, we will never play in someone's city state and not leave that place better than we found it. So we're going to get in the community. We're going to do exercise, um, you know, um, uh, the opportunities that we have to allow our children, our, our ambassadors to serve as clinicians and coaches and help develop them in that way where I developed the game clinics, those are free. Or we're gonna partner with Ronald McDonald House, right? And, ex and expose them to what, you know, what that's all about and what it means, or soup kitchen. Parent impact means, look, we know that all parents, because lacrosse, the one thing that I will say about it, it is not the most intuitive sport. If you're trying to, as a parent, trying to help your, your son or daughter navigate the sport. So what we do is we take an hour, two hours, and you know, we'll buy hors d'oeuvres, um, you know, wine and beer, whatever. We'll have individuals like Troy Kent, um, uh, Jonathan Jenkins, who's a, a, of course, sports psychologist, clinical psychologist, but he is our resident sports psychologist because we think it's important you know, especially for athletes, minority athletes in this sport, to understand the um, tools and, and 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 components of being balanced, right? And being emotionally and mentally healthy uh, away from the field. And so that is that has been really, really important. And then of course Troy comes in and he helps to connect the dots between uh, motivating uh, our athletes, right, in the classroom, on the field. And so it helps to provide parents with resources. And it's like hand-to-hand -hand combat, you know. Um, when we get them there, they're hopping for three or four days. You're not just coming to play lacrosse. You're not just coming to, to be the baddest team at the tournament, right, and be there. Look, we kind of knew what would happen when you take, you know, some of the best athletes and some of the best lacrosse players um, put them on the field together, you know that you're going to end up with a competitive program, right? They, we know also that they go out there with one hand tied behind their back because most of them, right, they've never played together. They play together twice a year. That's it, right? That was amazing. So, yeah, that's right. And they, they have to acclimate quickly. And so the player impact session, which we usually have the day before championship day, 
gives them an opportunity. They've played together for two, two days, gotten to know each other on the field. Now we're going to take them off the field. And we're going to kind of force them to look at each other and share with each other some of the challenges that they've dealt with and then how they overcome those challenges as lacrosse players. I can talk all day about what they should be doing as student athletes in a, you know, in a sport where they're always going to be the minority. But they can reach each other in a different way, yeah. right? They can educate each other in a different way. And then when they step on the field the next day, they've learned something deeper about the person that they've been playing beside and so, man, they're able to just go all in, right? They're able to trust each other, trust the process that they've all gone through together over the net, that, you know, three or four days, right? And get out there and, and win. And so that's why we always say, whether we win on the scoreboard or not, our players and our parents always win, yeah. right? And we've just been very intentional and deliberate about providing the reverse experience for everyone involved, for our white players, for our black players, for our native, for our Asian, for our Hispanics. Um, and so that's that's been the beauty of it, man. It's just, you know, seeing that happen and to to say that we've done it for the past six years, um, going on six years, um, has been pretty um pretty interesting to me because I can't say that I, you know. I stopped coaching when our kids started playing club. I stopped coaching then. And then I moved to more of a skills development coaching um, platform. We had a program here in Charlotte called the Charlotte Condors. And that's where our kids started. When we got a first stick grant. I think it's first stick, yeah. And then um, they went on, you know, the, the kids who started out with us moved into high school, started playing club. And so we, we realized over you know, that period of time that where most of the kids that we were attracting and that we were serving, where they really needed to be was in a space where they can develop their skills before we have them go out and compete against other teams, right? You know, because if you provide them with a negative experience out the gate, right, it's more likely that they're not going to come back. Right. But if you create an environment that's vibrant, fun, enthusiastic, nah, there's no team winning, but you can create some inner squad competitions, you know, where, you know, they're just having a ball. Yeah. And so when we were doing that, we had people like, I met Troy Kemp uh, because we were looking for schools for my son to attend. And, uh, and I met his son, uh, TJ Kemp, who's one of our coaches. Um, he's the head coach for the younger team in most cases. Uh, eventually, Troy Kent became my son's coach. And um, kind of the rest is history. Our next step is to, because we started out taking a top-down approach, our next step is to go down to the next level, right, and start looking at how to, you know, ways to help develop uh, youth. Because if you look at our network of players now who are playing in college on the men's and women's side, um, those young men and young women, including our mentors, young men and young women, they're poised to be, you know, the next coaches, right? I mean, that's that's really what we, we so we got to develop them in that space as well. 
being leaders off the field or on the sideline and teaching them, you know, putting the right people in front of them to help develop them as coaches. Because eventually, you know, we want to deploy them. I think it's powerful for other minority kids to see, for minority kids to see other people who look like them coaching and teaching them this sport. And that's that's going to be the key because when you start talking about lacrosse, like when I tell people I play lacrosse, they always look at me funny. Yeah, black people don't play lacrosse. Uh, then you tell me you coach, and then you tell me you coach the women's game. That, that, and it's like it, it just well, blows their mind. It's, it's so the exposure and the, the it's like the, the community, the exposure, the opportunities. The I mean, the the players that are coming coming up now in college are going to be the players that the young kids start to see. And, yeah. and, and just with the fact that they, oh, I'm playing this game, I'm getting good at it, and just for the sake of generation, for me, the people I look up to are all younger than me. But it is what it is. You know, Kyle Harrison, Chaz Woodson, uh, yeah, Miles. Yeah. Uh, Miles Jones, you know, all those guys just they're they're they're, they're fun to watch. And they, I mean they they they're doing they they've been playing the, they played the game at a different level. But when you, when a kid sees a person that they they see on TV, see all over yeah. social media, you know, the things that 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 Miles is doing to players, that that one highlight where he he bull rushed to do over the line and pointed him out and the penalty was called, yeah. that's classic. But then when you see yeah. him on the, when when he comes and teaches you. This is, you know, the basics yeah. that, that that makes a difference. And it's just the access of the game and, and, and you're changing the game as a whole. We're, we're creating a new image that is is yeah. it, it may be for traditionally. Yes, but it's time for traditions to change. And this is how we do. You change it by doing it and, and being good at it, because if you if you yeah. suck, it doesn't matter. And, and you all are good at it. You're going out and, and, and people are taking notice and. Yeah. It's it's spreading around the country, so that that I mean that piece is huge, but being good and then bringing in the access and having people, uh, allowing people in, because it's one thing to you know to have in like okay it's ours you, you know you can't have any of this and, and with you know, this is you're not ready for it. It's like yeah no you're not ready for it, but this is what you do to get ready. Let me show you how to get ready. Come on and and go. Everybody doesn't get to play Division One, but you still get to play at a high level and learn from from great people and be a, a trailblazer and yeah. you know yeah. you, you learn the leadership skills and, and you learn the community watching uh leaders develop giving them an opportunity to shine and and changing changing their their uh, experience how it may be in mean, our we have we have a, a good mix on our team but the team is predominantly white but yeah like i said i haven't had any issues of anybody you know, any I haven't had any problems with, you know, race relations or, you know, whatever you want to call it. No problems at all. Everybody is doing the right thing. But it, it's just bringing people in with a solid focus and being good at it. You create that that uh, that expectation and yeah. that's what we'll become known for. And we can change things up. We can change attitudes. We can change images. We can change experiences. And that. I mean, everything you said about the nation getting the parents involved I mean that the community service we're, we're trying to find our uh trying to either whatever we're going to do we're trying to find out our, our community service act we thought about doing a virtual 12k the whole team running you know socially distanced together but 
So yeah. we're, we're looking at ways to make sure we do what we need to do on the field, but make sure that it's, it, it leaves the field because whether the players go to the next level and play in college at division one, NAIA, junior college, they're going to walk off the field and be able to use those skills they learn in That's real right. life. And yeah. finding a community that, that helps build those things is huge. I mean, yeah. And not all of our players go and play in college. I mean, you know, that, that some of them have gotten to a point where, you know, they just realized, man, long-term, I don't want to play lacrosse. Right. And, and so, um that's part of what we would consider like trust in the process right sports can be such a transformative experience um sometimes you know you got to stay in the sport in order for that transformation to happen but other times part of the transformation is realizing for yourself like this is the space that I need to be in long term, or this isn't the space that I need to be in long term, right? And trusting that. And so when we talk about trust in the process, um, you know, oftentimes it, it, it also means trusting the insights that the process shows you enough to make decisions that may not necessarily align with what you initially thought you should be doing right and so we've seen that that happen um and and the the as as coaches as mentors as parents right our job when that happens is to so support them through it like it's one thing i mean i've, I've seen it happen a thousand times even in the sport of lacrosse you know, these kids are riding high and all of a sudden they decide, you know, look, I don't want to play lacrosse anymore. Everyone who was supporting them, the coaches, program administrators, even the parents who were on the sideline talking about how great they were, they drop them, right? They, they, they are no longer um, team whoever, right? right? And that's the part that that hurts and it's critical that we recognize that because the sport is just you know it's a conduit just like anything else in life it's it's the thing that allows us to connect with each other right which is the divine piece of you know all of us being here uh together if god intended for us to run this race one at a time he would have put us here one at a time and so when I meet people, like I, you know, I don't take for granted, but I do think, I think, you know, we have to begin to, to, as we meet people, meet them as a person, not Kyle Harrison, the lacrosse player. Um, and when I met Kyle, I didn't meet Kyle, the lacrosse player. I met Kyle, the person. He sat there and talked to me for maybe 45 minutes about what his vision was for young people in this sport what his vision was for black and brown people in this sport. He talked to me about some of his own experiences, his own personal experiences, good and bad. Um, and so um, we talked a little bit about family, you know, his relationship was that. So it, it allowed me to understand Kyle, the person, right? And so I check in on him every now and again, just to see how he's doing, not, 
and talk about lacrosse. Because I know at some point he's going to stop playing lacrosse, but he's still going to need a support system. Uh, and that's the thing, man. We've got five brothers who, quite honestly, like we, we mean a lot to each other. Like we can call each other if we really need each other. We know that the other person is going to be there. The other four will be there. And we don't always agree on, you know, what we should be doing, when we should be doing it, how we should be doing it. Uh, but at the end of the day, we roll up our sleeves, we get it done. Yeah. Um, you know, we leverage the, the people who are around us uh, to help us get it done, right? You're still going to need support. And that's the beauty of the sport. Like we recognize that these young men and young women who are playing the sport now, I mean, they are awesome. But the fact that they're playing lacrosse is just a, it's one of those sports where it requires you to do more than just run or just jump. I mean, that's, or just shoot the ball, right? You've got to learn, so you got to learn how to make, and going through that process with other people, um, you know, it, 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 it can be a transformative experience in, it, in itself. But what we realize about a lot of these players is um, their focus on academics uh, oftentimes uh, is really high, right? They, they, it's really focused on excelling in the classroom and oftentimes they're leaders outside of the classroom. Indeed. Right? And, and, but they still need for us to, to support them even if they decide to step away from us. They're still kids on a journey. Yeah, they, they still need to be guided. They may they may be really good at this this particular juncture of life, but they still yeah. need guidance, whether they 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 ask for it or not. They still need it. They're going to come back and ask for it. And if they trust you enough now and you just leave them out there, then what? Then I mean, well, that, that, another that problem somewhere else. A, yeah, and it teaches them a, a pretty you know poor lesson about love that neighbor or you know what we're supposed to do to take care of one another. And so as a foundation, we're trying to figure out what that looks like. Like I said, all of our players don't go on uh, or ambassadors don't go on to play at the collegiate level. One thing I do want to mention, because um, it's important, this sport has oftentimes been characterized as pipeline to Wall Street. Right? And um, in essence, you know, the characterization is just to state that, hey, look, the network, your point can, can get you just about in any door that you, if you put in the work in the classroom, um, but you are active in the lacrosse community, you're, you're meeting people, so forth. As the sport becomes more diverse, what we have to be very cognizant of is, one, although the, the what we call the return on the investment most parents will never get a return on their investment. The cost of their kids playing the sport, right? Because it's so expensive. Monetarily, you won't get a return. I know I haven't. I don't know about you, but I, I haven't yet. I'm still, I'm still trying to. But the return on the investment um, intrinsically becomes the opportunities that you provide to your children to be a part of a network like the lacrosse community um, but teaching them how to leverage that network is a different thing and that's something you got to be intentional and deliberate about 
right? Whether it's leveraging the network to get recruited, leveraging the network to get your first internship, leveraging the network to get your first job, right? These are things that that they or someone should be thinking about in advance and, and being very strategic about or very deliberate about doing the things that are required because for minorities in this network, the experience is very different, right? We aren't automatically assumed to be, there are only a few of us that, that are, you know, assumed to be part of that, that network. Um, and so what we've got to do is continue to work to, to widen the walls of the network so that more people can be um, uh, included in it. And we have to create opportunities for networking, right? And so those are some of the things that, that we're working on now, um, trying to figure out with our uh, career development program, um, networking with Nation, and some of these things that we're, you're gonna see us do uh, here pretty soon. Um, these are the things that we will be doing, not only to benefit Nation United ambassadors, but, you know, all of these, especially minorities, playing this sport, right? To create opportunities for them to learn some tools that will benefit them beyond the sport, right? You, you're in the right car, right? Now you got to learn how to drive it. And that's what we want to teach uh, these young men and women uh, currently playing this sport. Lacrosse, I mean, the network is awesome, but how do you navigate you know, I'm writing down just about everything you're saying to create the opportunities beyond the cross networking community leverage. I mean, and it's, it's all coming. I mean, it even not even being in the in the club game. I mean, I've I, uh, built relationships with Detroit United with uh, Liam. Uh, yeah. Liam yeah. We actually play together now. So that that's kind of cool. Uh, and uh, Summer Aldridge, she and everybody knows Summer. Yeah. So I was like, oh, and she she's doing great things with, with building and creating opportunities within the city and moving them out. And then she's been she's been grinding for a while. It's just that network and those opportunities that they come from work. That's right. And and building relationships and, and not being selfish. You know, the, the selfishness of the whole thing is is what stops people. You know, yeah. the, the, the more inclusive we are, the better it's gonna be. Everybody doesn't want to work on Wall Street. And everybody right. on Wall Street is not going to survive on Main Street. So right. sometimes people need to be separated. But at the same time, let me make that choice. You know, let me as a person, give me, show me both. Let me yeah. see the world and I'll make my choices. Don't make the choices for me. But, that's it, man. That's deep right there. Well, look, brother, um, thank you for doing this, man. Like you, your podcast, um, what you're talking about is is important and very relevant. Um, and I think it, it transcend eras, right? These are nuggets that people will be able to use no matter what's going on in our lives, so. There you have it. From a coach's perspective, from an organization builder, from a recruiter, from a, a leader developer, a, a player developer, all the things that are important to keeping young people coachable and ready to move from one place to the next. It's important that we understand that uh, community is important. Hard work is important. The recurring theme of doing the work that you need to do. 
creating opportunities, helping young leaders uh, be capable, helping young leaders capitalize on, on the opportunities that are in front of them, working on a transformation that needs to happen from one level to the next, be it just the maturity process, growing up, or becoming a college, a college athlete versus a high school athlete. Having a support system to make that happen. Remain coachable. And as coaches, we need to make sure we're doing the right things for the young people. That's our episode for the day. We appreciate you listening. We had a lot to say, obviously covered by the longer version. Thank you for getting to the end. If you want to reach out to Jeremy, you can find him on Instagram at Jeremy Audrey. J E R. E-M-Y-A-R-D-R-E-Y. You can also check out Nation United all over Instagram. Highlights. Talking about culture for the young men's game and the young women's game. They're doing great things and developing great people. Connect with us all on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. All those good places. Stay in touch with us. Let us know how you feel about the episodes. What you what you learned and what questions you want us to ask. Make sure you let us know uh, how we're doing with a rating. Subscribe to us, share the episode, get the word out. We'll see y'all next time. Take care.